The following podcast is no disqualification and is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the microphone, billed from parts unknown, at a combined weight of over 550 pounds, the undisputed professional wrestling podcast champions of the world. I present to you 8-Bit Mania. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to 8-Bit Mania, 8-Bit.net's official wrestling podcast. We are powered by Audio Technica and 8-Bit.net. I am your host, Benny McJanet. Find me on Twitter at thespawny 13 And once again, ladies and gentlemen, I am flying solo for another fantastic episode. Uh, we're going to cover off a few things about the Elimination Chamber, plus a bu- bunch of other things going on in the world of wrestling at the moment. But before we get into all of that, let's take care of some of the housekeeping. First up, you can follow us on Twitter at 8BitMania and follow 8Bit at WeAre8Bit on all the social media platforms and check out all the great content we're making under the hashtag 8BitCollective. Uh, you should also go get yourself a sweet 8BitMania shirt and the 8Bit Club shirt our Bullet Club inspired shirt at 8bit.net slash store. And lastly, I just want to give a shout out to Audio Technica. I say it at the top of the show every month. We are powered by Audio Technica. And I mean it. I'm using an AT2020 mic. I'm using the M50X series headset at the moment. I also have a PDG1X headset that I use when I'm playing on my PlayStation or Xbox. And they have a fantastic range of other audio equipment. And lastly, oh, sorry, before I get into the last little bit of news, uh, housekeeping, sorry. Um, you should check out Audio Technica at audio-technica.com.au. But lastly, the last thing I really want to talk about in housekeeping, very, very important to all of us here at 8-Bit. Uh, we launched our Patreon last uh, Thursday. Please be sure to check it out, uh, patreon.com slash weare8bit. Uh, the links are all across our socials and everything like that at weare8bit on all the Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. So please do yourselves a favor, check it out. For the low, low price of a dollar a month, you get a brand new podcast, the 8-Bit Cast, where we uh, get a whole bunch of uh, hosts from across the entire 8-Bit network and uh, just randomly picked and put them all together in a room, record it and see what happens. And uh, for a dollar a month, you can get that episode. And as we've already hit our first stretch goal of $150 a month, we're going to give you that episode twice a month. We're going to give you 8-Bit Cast twice a month, two weeks, before anyone else gets to listen to it. So guys, if you enjoy 8BitCast when it does arrive to the free platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else, you can find all the fantastic 8-Bit content. Um, yeah, throw us a dollar. Check, get it out early. Get it an extra two weeks early. And hey, there's going to be a new episode every two weeks thanks to reaching that stretch goal. So if you guys want to throw in some more money, check it out, and we might even reach our next stretch goal, which will launch another brand new content, uh, podcast Sorry, at the $300 mark. But enough about the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash weare8bit. But let's get into some wrestling news. Um, one of the big things I want to touch on first up is we have a new IWGP champion in New Japan Wrestling. That is the Kiwi serial killer the Switchblade, Jay White. Now, I'm a big fan of Jay White. Uh, many of us here at 8-Bit Mania are big fans of Jay White. We love his work. I love his heel work, especially through the G1 last year that led up to his inevitable betray of Okada. His work with Okada, and now his work with Tanahashi. Uh, very deserving. And it, it's really surprising to think that last year he not only beat, he beat Kenny Omega... Okada and Tanahashi all in a calendar year. He won against Okada at Wrestle Kingdom this year. 
but he made his return debut only a month before Wrestle Kingdom last year. Literally, I, uh, I can't remember the exact date, but it was like a month or two months before Wrestle Kingdom last year. He made his return from his excursion. Um, and he's just had a phenomenal 2018, really, when you think about it. And to be all that hard work to be topped off at the start of 2019 with a brand new championship and to be basically the face of the company at the moment. Um, bravo to Jay White. Uh, onwards and upwards to even more bigger and brighter future, really. He's just fantastic. But um, I haven't actually had a chance to watch all of the New Beginnings stuff. Um, unfortunately, I've been busy with work and other things going on in personal life. Um, I'd love to get a chance to actually sit down and watch the Naito vs. Tai Chi match because I've heard good things about it as well. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff from uh, New Beginnings I'm really keen to watch. Uh, just sadly have not had the time and uh, I'm very, very keen to see what's going to come up in the... Uh, oh, shit, there's a tournament coming up, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I think it's the New Japan Cup. Um, but uh, Kota Ibushi did rep- return at New Beginnings, has announced he's competing at uh, the New Japan Cup, and is staying in New Japan Wrestling, which I think a lot of us all pretty much suspected that he was not going to be heading over to AEW. Um, if you know anything about Kota Ibushi's time whenever he's visited the states uh it's safe to say he does not travel very well in america um i think i brought it up on this show in the past as well but um yeah it's not really a big surprise to me that Kota's going to stay in japan it's it's where he's comfortable it's it, it it works best for him it's the same reason why he uh never actually joined um wwe when he was uh in the cruiserweight classic so um it's good to see him back. Good to see him healthy after a nasty concussion at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, can't wait to see a rematch between him and Will Ospreay. Really looking forward to that. Moving on to AEW. Actually, we just talked about AEW when it came to Kota Ibushi. Double or nothing, they had their rally at the MGM Grand. A um, few more signings announced. Smiley Kylie, Nyla the Beast. Uh, who else was there? There was a few others. Um, and off the top of my head, I can't really remember them, but they did announce that Triple A CML was going to be partnered with them, so they're going to get a bunch of the uh, luchadors and the guys from Mexico coming up, Uh, most notably uh, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix Jr. Uh, They're going to be uh, tagging, and they actually have a match scheduled against uh, the Young Bucks for Double or Nothing. Also, there was uh, the match between Bastard uh, Pack and the Hangman was confirmed. Um... Nice little joke about by Hangman about turning up in full gear and not having the body for it and getting a gym membership. I, I did enjoy that. Uh, if you watch Being the Elite, you'll, you'll get the joke. Also, um, probably the biggest news out of it, and there was, like I said, there was a few other announcements, but the biggest news coming out of it is Kenny Omega has signed with AEW. A lot like what majority of us were thinking, I know I was definitely on that side of the fence. It's like, he's, he's going to stay, stay with the Elite. It makes the most sense for him to stay with the Elite. Uh, we discussed it on the Royal Rumble episode. We dis- I discussed it with Dash and Buddy on the our Top 5 of 2018 episode. Um, it makes the most sense to me. And like I said way back when, like, never say never. I mean, I'm, he's obviously been offered and approached by WWE. They could come out with some really big news, big angles, things like that. Um, but in my heart, I was like, it just makes more sense for him to go to AEW and... Yeah, and as 
as it went along more and more, and I did talk about this on the Royal Rumble episode, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. It just made more sense that he was going to go to AEW and he wasn't going to be in the Rumble. Um, it yeah. So to those that were expecting him in the Rumble, unfortunately, he didn't turn up there for you guys. As cool as I think it would have been to see, because I really do think it would have been cool. Uh, but he did turn up at Double or Nothing. Uh, halfway into his promo, Chris Jericho comes out. Uh, they get a bit of stare down, and then there's a pull apart, uh, officially making it a Alpha vs Omega two match at Double or Nothing. Um, so yeah, there's a few matches on the card already. I think there's Britt Baker, Kylie, uh, Smiley Kylie, and uh, Nyla, uh, the women's match, and there was um, I want to say there was something else that was booked, but I honestly can't remember off the top of my head, and I don't have it in my show notes. So I'm gonna move on. Um, one thing I wanted to move on now to now is the whole Becky Charlotte Ronda angle. Um, we'll, I'll touch on it very quickly in the Elimination Chamber, you know, news res- retrospect, look at review, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this whole Becky being suspended and then Charlotte being put into the match and then Becky being injured, like, and the whole knee injury thing. I don't know. And it, it's confusing to me because if you look back at the Rumble, the whole knee injury came from the Rumble as a spot where uh, Nia Jax pushed her off the stairs and uh, into the, uh, uh, not the apron, the um, the barricade, uh, injuring her knee. I, I, I use quotation, air, air quotes as I say that. Um, so it wasn't really a real injury to begin with, um, as far as we're aware, anyway. And it's a sh- it's a uh, work injury. There you go. Um, work angle. So they, I, I've never really believed that she was injured. It was just an angle to for the storytelling to keep her off TV or keep her on TV, basically uh, build up this mm, very much a Steve Austin like battle against the authority, being the McMahon family sort of thing. But then the whole part where she says she's sorry, she's put back in the match, uh, they wanted to get healthy and all that sort of stuff, they could have just left it right there. But then the whole Vince McMahon thing with the, um, you're not the man, I'm the man, which is actually a fantastic line. Love that line. Brilliant. But to bring out Charlotte and the 60-day suspension stuff, I don't get it. I, I'm curious to see where they're going with it. I really am. And I hope... Hope booking wise it pays off, but at the moment I'm not seeing a result for it or predicting a result for it. Um, if I was to guess, it would be at fast lane, like Becky somehow gets her suspension lifted, be that by Vince, Triple H, Stephanie, or Shane, um, to battle Charlotte at fast lane, and the winner then faces Ronda, like basically put her Royal Rumble. Um, win, you know, like her, her win from the Royal Rumble up, up for grabs to Charlotte to say, you know, who's going to face Ronda at WrestleMania. I think that would be how they're booking it. Um, I don't know what Ronda's got booked at the moment for Fastlane, but given the now got an extra set of titles uh, that they just added as part of Elimination Chamber, uh, the women's tag titles. Congratulations, Sasha and Bailey. We'll get to that a little bit more later. But, um, yeah, I'm just thinking to myself that maybe Ronda's not going to have a match at Fastlane 
They'll have the SmackDown Women's title defended there, and Charlotte and Becky will have a match to determine the number one contender for Ronda's title, um, which Becky should win. I say should. Um, but something something still seems a little fugazi to me. Something seems a little off. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but there's something that doesn't sit right with me about this angle, and I'm really, really hoping we do get the Becky-Ronda match that we so very much deserve and want. Um... Because we should have had it last year, essentially. Now, speaking of the McMahon family, the new era thing that they launched in December, if we look back, it's been a couple of months. Honestly, as I sit here and I think about it, like, not a hell of a lot has changed, really. Uh, Besides the talk of them saying where like oh you don't get an automatic title rematch blah 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 um i think that's probably the only thing that's really changed um yeah so i i, I can't see a hell of a lot of change there's been the nxt call-ups um you know which has been cool uh but they haven't been given a lot to do like besides winning their first matches um, and he's saying that Lacey Evans debuted at the Rumble, but hasn't had a singles match, as far as I'm aware, because I haven't been watching a lot of Raw and SmackDown, but as far as I'm aware, she has not had a singles match yet on the main roster. Um, but the rest of it all, all performed on the main roster and, and look good as well, but I don't think they've actually done a lot with them. Again, and I think it's just the curse of the NXT call-up is... You're great in NXT, we're going to call you up, we're going to put you on the main roster. You get there and then there's nothing really for you to do. Like EC3 had a couple of matches, but he he was off Raw this week. I don't think he was on SmackDown last week either. Um, so, yeah, it's... I don't... It's the curse of the NXT call-up. Um, but going back to the new era thing with the McMahon family running both shows... You know, and being present on both shows, showing a presence, I should say, on both shows. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't really feel it. Uh, I don't feel like a hell of a lot has changed yet. But yeah, um, and I, I will say, I am recording this on Tuesday the nineteenth, so this is a day after, and this is Australia time, obviously. So this is a day after the Elimination Chamber. I watched it. In, it was very late last night when it finished, so that's why I'm recording on the Tuesday. I have seen the results for Raw today. Uh, I say today because for you Americans, um, it airs at about 10, between 10 a.m. and I think, is it 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. or 11 a.m. to 2 p.m.? It's around that time frame during this this time of year with the daylight savings and how time zones work. Um so I've seen the highlights. I've, I've I've watched a few of them. I've seen the results and seen what's going on. Uh, and again, more NXT call-ups. A little bit more of a surprise. Um, and that was the next topic I really wanted to talk about anyway. Uh, but Ciampa and Gagano, Black, uh, uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet all getting the call-up. Uh, good to see them on the main roster. Good to see not uh, Gargano and Ricochet aren't being relegated to 205 because they certainly deserve Raw and SmackDown pushes. Uh, same with Champa and Black as well, for that matter. Uh, one thing that confused me was putting Champa and Gargano in a tag match um, against the Revival, which is cool because you know they've beaten the Revival before and they've had stellar matches with the Revival, um, and they won. 
which I guess gives him number number one contender status. Uh, then Alistair Black uh, also debuted against Elias, interrupting Elias, and then beat him with a black mass, uh, mass I should say. And Ricochet did the save for Finn Balor against Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley, and won with the six thirty splash, six thirty moonsault, whatever. It's something like that. Anyway. The thing where he does the flip off the top rope, guys, um, which looks really, really cool. But, yeah, uh, they won with that. So, wait and see, I think, again, with the NXT call-ups to see what they're going to do. Uh, there was another promo as well, again, on Raw today for Kevin Owens coming back. He had one last week. He's got one this week, uh, which is really good to see because I, for one, miss Kevin Owens on TV. Uh, Sami Zayn I miss on TV as well, not as much as Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is so fantastic on the mic. He is one of the best performers they have. It deserves so much more recognition than what he actually gets. Um, and I'm a very big fan of him, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him work with a Ciampa, Gargano, and to a lesser extent, Black and Ricochet, but I'm really keen to see what he can do with Ciampa and Gargano if he works with them at all. Um... Obviously, there's references to DIY with Ciampa and Gargano as well, I should say. Uh, they finished with the knee-kick combo that they do as part of DIY. Uh, there's a little bit of tension. There's a WWE exclusive backstage after the match where they kind of were talking to, I think it was Kathy Kelly, and Ciampa, fantastic promo, actually. Great heel promo. Uh, and then Johnny turns to her, and as Ciampa walks away, Johnny turns to her and says, I guess... That's one opinion, and then walks off as well. So this, I think, there's still that little bit of rivalry between the two. There's nothing, no wounds healed there yet. But um, yeah, interesting to see them come up together. I'll say that much. But guys, I think that's enough of the news. Uh, anyway, we should get onto the elimination chamber, which is what we're here to talk about mostly. Uh, first up, the women's tag. Titles match inside chamber. Um, great match. All ladies performed really well. Uh, the chance about Corey Grave and Carmella, which you could hear over the TV, not exactly flattering, not exactly charming, bit disrespectful from the Houston crowd as well, if you ask my personal opinion. Uh, also not very surprising, given wrestling fans. Uh, we're going Wrestling fans being wrestling fans, essentially. Um, but yeah, the tag title match in the chamber, very, very good match. Um, I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was a really fun match. Um, Sasha and Bailey, if you didn't pick them to win, you, you're kidding yourselves. It was the most obvious choice. It made the most sense from a booking point of view. It makes the most sense to get the, some rub onto those brand new titles. Cause that's, that's the thing. Now I listened to quite a few little wrestling podcasts from time to time. Um, and one of my favorite is Taz. Uh, so if you go listen to the Taz show, uh, or I think he, he's gone back to calling it the Taz podcast or the human submission. No, I think it's just the Taz show. Anyway, go listen to his show because he actually provides some fantastic insight into the world of wrestling. He won't give you everything, but he'll give you really, really good men mental breakdowns of why they do certain things and make certain decisions. So I highly recommend going checking out his show. Uh, and he'll talk wrestling far better than I ever, ever could. Um, now he could, uh, he would say that the reason why they gave it to Sasha and Bailey is because they are credible 
proven commodities within the WWE. They are both former ex, uh, former women's champions. I shouldn't say ex, same thing. Um, but they're both former women's champions. They both are, you know, credible wrestlers. They can both perform in the ring, both go in the ring. Um, but the thing is, the reason why you give the titles to them is because they are credible and they give some credibility to the title. Now, when the title has credibility, that's when you put it on an up-and-comer to give the up-and-comer credibility. So that's how it works. Is when does a person need the title versus when does the title need a person? And this is more a case of the, the title needs a person um, or a tag team, in, as the case may be. And these two being... Not as like they've got credibility as singles performers. They've got credibility as a pseudo tag team, I guess you could call it, with the Boston Hug connection. Um, but they have credibility as as wrestlers, so that gives the title more credibility when someone wins it off them. Um, which will come. I'm gonna guess they're gonna have a bit of a title run on this thing. They'll they'll retain it at Mania. Because it's a brand new title, so it will be defended at Mania. It makes sense to have it defended at Mania. Um, so I would expect them to probably maybe run with the titles to about money in the bank. If not, then I'd crown new women's tag champs at SummerSlam. That would be my two picks. See if it comes true. Hold me to it if you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, that would be my two picks either that or it would be on a Raw so maybe uh, the Raw after Mania would make sense after they successfully defended and it would be a, a debuting team not that I can think of a women's tag team in NXT at the moment um, but I would I would say it would be against a, it would be a debuting team on the post Mania Raw that would make the most sense if it was to do it anytime sooner than Money in the Bank but obviously, booking angles change, things happen, people get injured, all that sort of stuff. But that would be my pick. Uh, the other surprise from this match was Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Very, very impressed with these two ladies. Um, given a chance to shine, really, uh, they did really, really, really well. Uh, they started the match against Sasha and Bailey as well, and in there right at the end. And yeah, a bravo to these two young ladies. I think they're going to do very very well and they can only just keep on getting better realistically uh yeah so yep yeah, again congratulations to Sasha and Bailey the very first ever women's tag team champions uh very well deserved I know they've been fighting in the background of the um backstage politics and things like that to get women's tag titles into the show and things like that and it's very much they're very much deserving of being the first ones um and yeah I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this women's tag division as well now. I'm curious to see where they go with it. Uh, Following this was a men's tag match, which... uh, Actually, first up, a little bit of heartwarming news. Congratulations to Miz and Maurice on the announcement of uh, expecting their second child. Congratulations. Um, All the best to you guys in, you know, having another kid. Um, I... I'm not one with kids, so I can't really comment too much about the wonders of childbirth and parenthood. So, congratulations all the same. Um, 
But the men's tag match followed. Uh, I'm not really interested in this, uh, in saying that the Usos being the number one contenders um, makes the most sense. They are probably one of the best tag teams on SmackDown at the moment. I would say they're probably the best tag team on SmackDown at the moment. Thinking about it to myself makes the most sense to me in my brain. So, yeah. Um, deserve to be number one contenders. Deserve to win the titles. I don't... And it's un, it's not really surprising because they're going to take the titles off Miz and Shane sooner rather than later. Um, and to be honest, I think this is going to set up Shane's WrestleMania match and it's going to be against the Miz. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because Shane has some pull as a McMahon. He's going to organize to have their rematch at Fastlane. Yeah, let's say Fastlane. Now, by the time a lot of you are listening to this, SmackDown's probably going to have gone to air, and I'm probably going to get proven wrong. But if I'm booking WWE Style 101, I'd say they get their rematch at Fastlane. The rematch goes poorly for them. Um, Miz loses, or Shane costs them the belt. Uh, Miz snaps and attacks Shane, or Shane snaps and attacks Miz. One or the other. Something's going to happen, and they're going to they're gonna verse each other at WrestleMania. They set up a WrestleMania match, basically. So that's what I'm going to predict uh, right now for them. But yeah, it makes the most sense that they're taking the title off them. Usos defend again at Mania. Uh, against who they defend against? Hmm, uh, maybe a DIY? I don't know. Be interesting to see. I'm trying. I'm trying to pick who I would have them defended against at the moment. Maybe Sanity. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe make it a four-way dance, like a Hell in a Cell tag match, four-way dance, hardcore match. I don't know. I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, but yeah, you, there's there's some teams on SmackDown you can do that with. You could you could do something really creative there. I think you got Sheamus and Cesaro. So you got the bar. Or Theba, um, as I like to call them. The you got Sanity, you've got New Day, and you got the Usos. So there's four really great tag teams. I think could put on a really cool four-way tornado tag style, or maybe Hell in a Cell match. Shit, I'd pay money to see that. I I reckon that'd be a fun match. Um, hell, put them all in a War Games match too later in the year. That'd be sweet. Uh. But yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna pick. That's what I'd like to see. Don't think it's gonna happen. But you know, you could do some. You could do something fun there for the SmackDown tag titles. Um, next up was the IC title, uh, which really weird match, handicap match, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley against Finn Balor. Um, and if Finn pins Leo or Bobby, he wins the title. Safe to say, he pinned Leo, got the title. Feels. Like a cheap win for Finn. I don't... I don't... And he's going to get pushed to the moon. Finn's going to get pushed with the title, and he's going to have this title to Mania. At least. Whether or not he retains it, Mania, different story. I, I, I'd i have to think a bit, bit more about that in the coming weeks. But at the moment, I'd, I'd see him hanging onto the title at least until Mania. Um, yeah, that or that, that hot, hot potato it up until Mania. But yeah, Finn, uh, yeah, winning it over Leo feels a bit cheap. Uh, doesn't give Finn the rub that he deserves. Uh, 
he hasn't pinned the champion, so therefore, did he really win the title? It puts that doubt in your mind. I don't think that's good for the title or the champion, which is a shame because that title in recent years, courtesy of Miz, Seth Rollins, to a lesser extent, Dolph Ziggler, um, in the last couple of years, have really put some more shine onto that title and given it a bit more uh, prestige that it didn't have before, you know, in, in a few earlier years. Um, so, yeah, I it, it's... I'd like to see Finn defend or hang on to the title till Mania. Depending on who he's reversing at Mania, is it'd be how I choose or how I'd say the title's going to, if it changes hands or if someone else gets it. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, maybe Dean Ambrose. That's actually something I haven't got. I haven't put in my notes here for the news. So Dean Ambrose. Um, publicly announced and WWE publicly announced that he's decided not to renew his contract and because WWE's announced it a lot of people are thinking it's a work myself included but it makes sense that he's going looking at leaving because he's not happy but at the same time it seems weird because WWE announced it so far out from him actually leaving and I don't recall them ever actually announcing someone's intent not to re-sign with the company this far out. I can't recall. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Tweet at me if I'm wrong, but I really, really can't think of one. Um, And if they have announced it, it's always been storyline reasons. So, yeah, I really can't tell you. I couldn't tell you if he's actually going to renew or not. It's it's a bizarre... it, it, It feels like a work... But it could be real. It could be real. He's doing a lot of jobs out the door on his way out the door. So, yeah, that's. I mean, that's good business that he does do the jobs out the door. But you know, it still feels weird. So maybe if it is a work, Dean wins the IC title at Mania off Finn. They could have a really good match together. I'm sure we've seen it before. I'm sure we could see it again. It could be a really interesting match. Anyway, uh, moving on to the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, squash match on Ruby Riot, which is a shame. Uh, Ruby, and, it, and again on the highlight show, uh, highlights I saw from Raw, Ruby was overselling for Ronda. Um, yeah, that's that's all I really... It, it shows how green Ronda still really is, which is... It's a shame. It really is, if I'm being honest. Um post that and we talked about it briefly before with the Becky Charlotte Ronda angle uh you know Charlotte gets in the ring talking a little bit of smack between the two of them and then Becky comes hobbling through the crowd on crutches gets herself into the ring she stand finally you know stands up in the ring with both the crutches Charlotte's talking trash to her the whole time uh I think Ronda's kind of just showing a bit of pity and shaking her head blah 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 and then out of nowhere Becky pretty much just belts the living crap out of Charlotte with a crutch. And then she gives a crutch to the other crutch to uh, Ronda Rousey. To, like, literally just hands it to her. Ronda's about and says, go go for, go for broke on Charlotte. You know, go for it. And as she's about to start swinging off on, you know, teeing off on Charlotte and laying into her, 
Uh, Becky from behind just lays into Ronda. Uh, also in saying that, I think there was a stray shot there somewhere. I haven't gone back and watched it, but there's photos today of Ronda with blood coming out of the top of her head. She had she got some color on on that noggin. It is a nice bit of color in her hair. Um, but yeah, uh, Becky keeps her, you know, keeps her overness going. Charlotte keeps her heat. Uh, Ronda, I guess, keeps her heat. Is she supposed to be a face or a, a baby face or a heel? I really can't tell. Um, but yeah, uh, why even have this title match on the card? Couldn't they have put an Oscar versus... Um... Shit, I don't know. Oscar versus... Just put Oscar versus someone on instead. That would have been better. Save the Raw Women's title till, uh, till Mania. Does it really need to be defended now? Not really. Kind of feels like a wasted match. Um, and Ruby can go. It's really disappointing that she kind of just got squashed like that. Which is a shame, if I'm being really honest. Um, yeah. Uh, next up, Braun and Corbin, no DQ match. I tuned out for all of this match, pretty much. I was... Yeah, I mean, I had it on. I, I looked my head up every now and then. Uh, the triple power bomb. You know, McIntyre comes out. Lashley comes out. Beat the living crap out of Braun. Triple power bomb through two stacked tables. Looked pretty nasty and impressive, obviously, but... I This match was just weird. Uh, the other thing that was weird, Lacey Evans' catwalk. Like, her music comes on. I was out of the room, and I walked out. And I'm like, what the... F-? And she's walking back up the ramp. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Did I miss something? I rebounded. And she literally came out to her music, walked down the rap, ramp, turned around, and walked back up and out. Like, the fuck was that? Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell I would think of that. Uh, next up, the men's chamber match. Really cool chamber match. Really a lot of fun. I think the result, as I'm sure a lot of you were probably expecting as well, Daniel Bryan retains. Makes the most sense booking-wise. I'm not really all that surprised, and I don't think many of you are. In saying that, uh, Joe got to look like a monster for a part of it. Also felt like when he got pinned, it didn't feel like a strong pin, which is a shame. Uh, let's see, Randy Orton looked looked the goods, like you know he looked like the Viper. He, he got that sweet RKO on Styles as he went to do the springboard, uh, caught him and then dropped him down onto the onto his face. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, Kofi Kingston though, Kofi Kingston looked a million bucks. Actually, sorry, I forgot to mention the Jeff Hardy swanton onto uh, AJ Styles from the top of the pod. Uh, so AJ's drawn across the um, the corner, and Jeff Hardy does a swanton from the top of the pod down onto onto AJ, and then uh, yeah, and I think then I think actually straight after that he cops a running knee and then gets pinned by Brian. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, anyway, Kofi put on a hell of a performance. Kofi looked the goods. There was a couple of times where I was th- almost did think like, holy shit, they might actually put the strap on Kofi. Which would be really, really bloody cool. Um, And goddamn, it, you know, 
Yeah, uh, Kofi versus Brian for those few, what was it, like 10 minutes that they were alone in the chamber at the end? I want to say 10 minutes. You know, those, those last 10 minutes, they... Yeah, they put on a show. It's much more impressive. It's probably actually one of the more in- interesting moments since Daniel Bryan's return, I'd say, match-wise. I was probably the most invested I've been in a Daniel Bryan match in a long time. Um... So, yeah, bravo to Kofi for bringing that out at Brian as well because I think it's something that he's really been lacking in the last few of his matches. Um, I'm not saying his matches have been bad, but I'm saying that they haven't been great either, Um, especially when I know that that him and AJ, when they've been having matches against each other, they can go and they deserve to be able to do more or do better. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, I've talked about that on the past podcast. Uh, but Kofi looked the goods. He looked fantastic. Uh, so I'd like to see Kofi a little bit more in the singles title picture. Yeah, he can still do the New Day stuff, but I'd like to see him a little bit more in the singles title picture as well. Uh, so pretty much that wraps up the Elimination Chamber. Um, out of 10, I'm going to be very honest. I was not looking forward to watching it. I just really gave, gave bugger all... I had bugger all interest in watching it. I, I gave two shits, basically. Didn't give two shits, I should say. Sorry. Um, but I watched it, and even after watching it, like, I was like, oh, I've got to record main. Like, oh, I really can't be bothered. Am I going to record one tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I didn't feel like I wanted to record one or not. Um, but here I am anyway. So, like, I'm going to say, like, there were some entertaining moments in the card, uh, I'm going to say the men's chamber match, especially the ending, was great. The women's tag match in the chamber at the start was great. Um, the rest of the card, I, I don't think there was anything really interesting worth writing home about. Um, and I've discussed all the, all the stuff already. So I'm going to, I'm going to say maybe a 7 out of 10. Um, you know, they bookended it with two chamber matches that were actually pretty fun. It's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. They normally have two chamber matches. So I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, but yeah, kind of wish the rest of the card was a little bit more interesting. A um, few title changes. That's always fun too. So, you know, yeah, 7 out of 10. Uh, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Be sh- please be sure to rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you could leave us a review, that would be awesome. Uh, be sure to check out the 8-Bit Network under the hashtag 8-Bit Collective for all of our other fine content. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 8BitMania and at WeAre8Bits. Uh, next up on the schedule is Fastlane, which I've already mentioned a few times throughout the show. Uh, that's in March. Um, also, don't forget to check out the 8-Bit Patreon, patreon.com slash WeAre8Bits. Get the new 8-Bit cast for as little as a dollar uh, a month. Not bad. You get two podcasts for a dollar a month. Pretty cool. You get them two, and you get them two weeks earlier before everyone else. Just saying, it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, until next time, guys. Uh, you can catch me at the Spawny Thirteen on Twitter. Uh, and as always, peace, love, and hugs. And as always, stay hungry. Ooh yeah.